Hello, and welcome to the Let's Talk Fucking Cancer podcast. We are your support, so let's talk fucking cancer. Thank you for joining us this week, everyone. Before we begin part one of Sean's story, we would like to place a trigger warning as this episode does contain discussions of loss due to cancer, marital and family issues, suicide, mental health struggles, and addiction. Please see our show notes for a list of resources. Hi, everybody. Welcome back to the Let's Talk Fucking Cancer podcast. I am here today without my wonderful co-host, Leah. We are missing her dearly. She is out celebrating her birthday tomorrow. Her birthday is tomorrow. (laughs) But we have in-house our wonderful producer, Julia. Hello. So today on the podcast, we have a dear friend of mine, Sean, who has an amazing story to share with us today. He has such a different um, viewpoint on a cancer journey. He has a viewpoint from a caretaker, a spouse, and then his own journey. So we are so excited to welcome Sean to the podcast today. Welcome, Sean. Hey, Kel. Thank you. Thank you for joining us today. No, thank you for inviting me. Absolutely. I've been wanting to get get you on here for a while. I know. (laughs) <laughs> i've been i've been hesitant it, uh, i know it's it's definitely a, um, a little intimidating but we find that most of our guests have really enjoyed telling their story once once we get it out there and it's um it's really helpful to the community as well so let's start out with just a little bit of your cancer story spans many years so Let's start at the beginning. Tell us who you were and what was going on in your life before cancer touched your family. Who I was and what was going on. God, life was great, to tell you the truth. Um, I mean, I, I had I had just started my career. I was probably, God, you're making me think back. Um, I was 10 years in to my career. It was going great. I mean, I love... I, been in telecom now for 30 years, but at that time it was uh, about 10 years in. Things were going great. We were making plenty of money, had the kind of had the American dream, you know, had the house on an anchor, you know, nice new cars to drive. Um, my son, you know, had, had been born um, at that time. My daughter was, you know, getting older. Um, yeah. I mean, honestly, it was, life was really good at that time. I had, you know, a lot of friends. We had a lot of uh, a lot of parties around, like barbecues around the good times. I mean, um, it was great. Honestly, I had made some amazing friends. I had moved from um, California to Oklahoma to go to work for uh, Worldcom okay. at the time. Um, every everybody knows about Bernie Evers now. So, <laughs> <laughs> um, and then I had gone to a place called Newbox. My wife was. Um, the first one to go to tech school for dental assisting. So she, she and my daughter, Olivia had, you know, we had moved out after I started at WorldCom and, and, uh, you know, we had bought our first house and, and she was working for a dentist that she just absolutely loved. I mean, it was, I, I can't complain. It was great. Life was That's great. That's awesome. That's awesome. So at what point was it that cancer came into your guys's lives um so it was uh, 
2007. Okay. I was, oh, how old was I? God, you're making me think. <laughs> uh, 2007, 33. Oh, wow. So okay. thir 33, 34 years, uh, 34, let's call it 34. And my wife was 30. So my son was three and my daughter was 10. Okay. Right. So my wife would have been 30. Okay. So it came in at 2007. How I found out was I was sitting at home in our bedroom there, in the, had desk, computer and stuff in the master. So I was in there doing whatever, working on something. And, um, um, my wife, her name's Sabrina, just come home from work or whatever, wherever she was. I can't remember. It's been some years, right? So, um, but she had gone in the bathroom and then she had come out. I'm sitting there in the chair and I kind of swiveled in the chair and looked at her and she's got this weird look on her face. And I'm like, what's wrong, babe? You know, what's going on? Bad day. And she's like, I have a tumor. Oh, wow. So I'm like, what do you mean you have a tumor? Right. Like I'm kind of sh like taken aback, you know? Right. Well, I, I did a self-exam and I found a, a lump in my left breast. So now I'm getting nervous, right? Like, oh shit. I mean, that's what, how I felt. Right. So, right. um, this woman was so tough. I swear to God, uh, unbelievably tough. She had done a self-exam while in the shower one day. Mm -hmm. And when she found that, she didn't tell me when she found it. Wow. She found it. Then she went to the doctor, which is still to this day insane to me, right? Because I'm like, why, why wouldn't you tell me you found it so I could go with you or help right. you? But anyway, she found it, went to the doctor. And then, of course, the next step was to meet the um, oncologist to do a biopsy. Right. So at that time, that's. You know, of course, I'm immediately thinking tumor. She's got cancer. She's going to die. I mean, these are my thoughts, right? I mean, yeah. I called Greg, Greg, what am I going to do? She's got a tumor. She's going to die. What am I going to do with these kids? I mean, my brain already went there. Right. Right. And as you know, oftentimes when people hear cancer, they immediately, they go only a couple ways. They run from you or they, because they think of, their own immortality, like death is what yeah. you think. I mean, it's yeah. what I thought when I heard it, you know, but they either think death and they're kind of, then you start to see them fade or they stick by you. Right. right? right. And I, I, sometimes they say they're going to be there, but they're not. So anyway, that that's how I found out. Um, that's how I found out. And then, so the next step was we, you know, had the appointment to go to meet with the oncologist to do the biopsy. Of course, the biopsy came back positive, and the some a lot of lymph nodes had it. Okay. So, so it was already moving, right? It was okay. a 2.5 centimeter tumor, so it was fairly large. It was already, you know, stage four. Oh wow! Um, which, as you know, is scary. Yeah. Um, because. The pro you know, at stage four, uh, your prognosis isn't like right. great, right? So right. Um, so the next step was obviously to have the 
tumor removed and check the lymph nodes and see if it, what was going on and all that. So we, you know, we went through that. And then, you know, when they found out that it was stage four and had already started to spread and stuff immediately to oncology to start chemo. Okay. You know, chemo for that, and I, I'm sure you've heard this, was um, Red Devil. Right. Um, which, for those people that don't know, is brutal. On brutal. Yeah. Um, uh, at this point, we're kind of like, okay, we're just going to work our way through it. Um, she was a hundred times tougher than I was, right? Because I'm scared to death. But yeah. um, so we meet with this oncologist, and I, I and I remember going in for the first appointment. You know, he sat us down and told us what the plan was and all that stuff. You know, and and we started that day for her. But, um, so we go this at this time we're living in um, Oklahoma and again this is 2007 mm -hmm. so this is probably mid mid year 2007 he's got this doctor Scott has got his office obviously in the facility where they do the chemo right, right. Um, so we go and have a small discussion with him and he's this room and these um, this room was like uh, I don't know how big it was. I mean, it probably had like 20 lazy boy type chairs in it. Uh, okay. Right. So you're, you walk in this room and here's all these people in different stages of cancer doing their chemo treatment. Right. Like, like next to each other. There's no, no, you'd almost hope there's a little privacy, right? Like, cause right. you're scared. Dude, and you and you know you're scared to death, and you're going to start this, and you you know you see people that have lost their hair because you yeah. haven't been through it, so you don't know what no. you're looking. So you see all those different stages. You know, one one person may not have hair, one person may have most of their hair, and be you know it's all different. So that was a hell of an experience, right? Yeah. So um, they. You know, they set us up and we start going through um, the treatments. Okay. And at this point, I honestly, uh, Colette, I can't remember on the on the Red Devil. I know it took most of a year. Okay. But there were all also um, thirty three radiation treatments. Gotcha. Okay. As we're going through this, you know, you you know what comes? She, Sabrina, starts to lose her hair. You know, she starts to get sick. Um, it was tough, right? Yeah. But we kind of bullied our way through it. And like I said, this woman was so tough. She did not miss a day of work. Oh, wow. Whoa. That's um, crazy. Yeah. I'm, I, kid, I kid you not. I swear to God, she she did not miss a day of work going through wow. this. As you know, Red Devil's like the most, the hardest treatment to go yeah. through. It's horrible. I mean, yeah. The sickness, the hair loss, mm -hmm. the the pain in your joints and the everything. Yeah. That. So that was pretty amazing. But going through the treatments and God, um, of course, the, uh, it was getting harder and harder, right? And we had had some relationship troubles before cancer, you know, about halfway through. This is awful. About halfway through through the chemo treatments, we got into a huge argument. 
because I was just hanging on. I was scared to death, man. We had two little kids, dude. Uh, and of course, my mind's going, what am I going to do if she leaves? Because I'm like, I was raised like really old school. Yeah. And so I was like the worker, you know, like, I mean, <laughs> I did my best with my kids. Of course, I love my kids to death, but yeah, I'm like, I'm the worker. What in the fuck am I going to do without her? Right. Right. That's in my head. Right. I'm, I'm hoping for the best, but I'm planning for the worst, which absolutely. So about halfway through, we get into another huge fight. And like I said, we've been having trouble this time. We, we separate right. right. in the middle of this, and it was awful. Like I still carry the guilt today. Like I didn't do something right, but you know, I think that this is something that a lot of people don't talk about either is when a cancer diagnosis happens, everything isn't just rainbows and butterflies and any problems that were happening before disappear, you know, real life is still happening. And people tend to not talk about when there's a struggle, you know, there's maybe relationships issues prior and then during they're going to be amplified and real life has to happen. So I'm sure you carry guilt, but you also were dealing with a situation that you, there were, there were issues prior, you know? So it's not like cancer makes everything easier. That's, we all know that for sure. I think people would assume like, oh, well don't, you know, when you get that, you know, diagnosis, like doesn't, like everything else just like, you know, go to the wayside and right. like your priorities change. And it's like, no, like it, if anything can really enhance the issues that are there. Yeah. And I mean, we would get into arguments yeah. and like, I would. Oh, I remember. Yeah. yeah. And, you know, I would like to think that like, oh no, like, you know, we just banded together and got through it. But yeah. no, like it, it really does take a toll on you and it's it's completely human yeah. to to yeah to still be dealing with those issues i mean mm -hmm. it it makes sense and so i'm sorry that you still feel you know carry guilt for that because that that has to be a hard place an extremely hard place to be um but you're a human being you know and these are these are the hard things that people don't like to talk about when it comes to mm -hmm. you know especially incorporating a separation or divorce into a cancer journey, you know? So yeah, sure. yeah. Um, I, that's, that's the ultimate reason I decided to join you on here or two know. reasons. One, because the, the two, two of the most important people in my life stuck by me through all this when, and I'll get to that piece where a lot of people disappeared. Um, but when I told them that you had invited me to do this, they're like, I really think that would help with the guilt that you yeah, carry. Yeah, absolutely. Guilt. You know, here we are 12 years later and that guilt is killing you still. Yeah. Yeah. The whole, not just that one little piece of that. We, you know, right in the middle of chemo have this huge argument and separate. Cause that's what happened. Right. Um, you know, we owned our home at the time and like, like, uh, Julia. Julia. <laughs> uh, 
I'm sorry. I get, like I said, I get the two girls confused. But <laughs> no worries. Said, you know, lie, you, you still, ha I mean, the bills are still due. The mortgage, yeah. the, the kids are, you know, Riley at the time was two. You know, my daughter was 10, so she's in school. You've got to keep her in school. You've got to keep him and, you know, you, he's got to go to daycare because, you know, my schedule at the time was anywhere from 40 to 60 hours a week with two weeks of the month on call. So, you know, and like I said, God bless her, man. She never missed a day of work. But I, I did everything I could to try to help too at that time because honestly, before that, I was like, you know, the way I was raised was you're the man, get, you get your ass out there and you work, 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 work. Right. 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 So, you know, and that was, you know, another issue, right. That caused problems. There were a lot of times I wasn't around and, um, cause I was trying to work or, or, and then to be quite honest with you, when the, at, at this time, um, my drinking had got pretty heavy, right? Because okay, right. So and like I wasn't a like a crazy come home and domestic violence guy. I just um, would leave work and go drink a lot or come home and drink a lot, right? Okay. No, no, no fighting like like that. But right. this particular day. We were actually, and this is insane to me, we're actually on the way to have treatment. Oh, wow. We're in the car having this argument on the way to treatment. And she was so pissed, you know, of course, she's already yeah. pissed. She's already pissed because she's scared to death, right? Who could blame her? And here we are having this argument over stuff that we just you know hadn't been worked out but it got exacerbated by the stress right right and the and the fear fear drove a lot of stuff at that time so i mean we went she almost didn't allow me to go to that chemo treatment but i was driving her so we went to that chemo treatment yeah. um and it wasn't it didn't take very long after that where we were starting to separate. Okay. Um, of course, you know, I, I'm not going to, you know, I needed her to stay in the house. And that, so the kids had some sort of normalcy and while well, we worked this out. Right. So I went and stayed with a friend and she stayed in the house with the kids. But, um, again, like I said, she was so unbelievably strong. Right. Um, she wouldn't allow me at any treatments after that. And I was trying so hard to be there, do anything I could because I knew maybe this would work itself out or maybe it wouldn't, but I still wanted to help yeah. right? the, the mother of my children. And these are my children. Right. Um, but after that argument, she wouldn't allow me to go to the treatment anymore. Um, which was really hard, right? Because you don't, we're halfway through the Red Devil treatments and now I don't get to know anything. Right, right. right? Yeah. And I've got, and, I've, and it sounds selfish, but man, I, you know, I love my wife, but we, I think we got comfortable and 
Sure. We were living the, uh, I think we were living the, um, the life we thought we were supposed to. Picket mm -hmm. pants, good kids, good sc school, you know, happy life. But um, I don't think that was truthful. So I had, I didn't know what to do. And I had a, a, a friend, like I'll call him, I mean, he's still here today. He's one of the best friends I've ever had. And uh, his wife. And his wife and I always butted heads, but I loved her to death. So at this point, I went to visit them, right? And his, my friend's name is Greg, and his wife's name is Bonnie. And they were the people that had, Bonnie had watched Riley since he was three weeks old. So my, when we had Riley, my wife went back to work after three weeks. Wow. Right? So my son went to Bonnie because that's who we trusted, right? Mm -hmm. So um, I'm just trying to give you the picture of how close we were. Yeah. So I went, I went to Bonnie to explain the situation. I'm like, oh, my God, what am I going to do? We've had this huge fight. You know, I'm staying with this friend of ours, um, you know, trying to make sure that they're okay. I'm, you know, I'm paying the mortgage. I'm, I'm still paying for everything. Sure. Um, and Sabrina, you know, just did what she did, right? You know how it is. One person makes a ton, and in our situation, one person was doing making this, and one person was making this. So, yeah, fair, you know, you work it out however you do, right? So, I go over there to Bonnie and I tell her, I said, God, I love that woman to death, but um, through the conversation, you know, we're like, we're not in love, right? And, Anybody that's been in that position or in a relationship understands the difference. God, I love you with my whole heart. We're not in love, though. Right. right. Mm -hmm. And that's a big, that was a big realization, right? Like, it was, it was hard. Like, yeah. But my friend Bonnie being, Bonnie, you know, her, her advice to me was this. Um, I know you love her, but she deserves someone that is in love with her. Right. Right. right? Yeah. Like, you know how, cause this, I'm telling you, my wife was freaking awesome lady. Um, and people loved her to death. I mean, she just had this, there was just something right. Um, but Bonnie says to me, she says, Sean, you owe it to her, man. You know, you're not, you guys aren't in love. Like you love each other, right? Yeah. That was such a hard thing to have to think yeah. about, especially with like, because I'm still thinking, oh my God, what am I going to do with these little kids? One of them's a freaking baby. The other one's, you know, and as, and as you know, you know, Olivia was not biologically mine. Right. But I raised her since she was a baby. And I'm like, yeah. you know, how am I going to? How am I going to raise it? You know, oh man, how am I going to raise a teenage girl by myself? Right. <laughs> yeah. and, and my son, you know, he he's freaking two years old. What am I going to do? You know, how am I going to do for them what Sabrina's done? All the shits in your head, right? So, yeah. so anyway, going forward from that, you know, Sabrina f goes through her treatments like you know, like the killer she was, and um. Some friends, you know, a friend, close friend of the both of ours, you know, went with her. 
um, to the to the rest. She, you know, of course, we made sure that she wasn't alone. I did in the background because she was not happy with me. Right? Like, yeah. not only was she angry about cancer, but she's like, "Fuck you," you know. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, being the hardcore person that she was, she's like, I'm moving. I'm not living here. A little extra information is we were separated bef- before cancer. Okay. And when we were, I bought a house. Okay. Okay. But, and we were, we worked it out and I always thought we would work it out, but, um, but it got to a point where, you know, like I said, she's, staying in the house with the with the kids you know um but being as hardcore as she was she's like i'm i'm not staying here so she goes while she's going through chemo while she's going to work she goes and buys her own house oh wow and of course Terry always laughs at Terry. Some of this stuff Terry laughed at. That's why I had a giggle. She moves forty miles from where I from where I live. Oh wow! And where, and where the kids are going to school? Because by yeah. the by the by the time she did this, of course, Riley started uh, kindergarten. Okay. And I lived. The reason that we chose the town where the house was, was because of the schools. And you know what I mean? It was, a, the schools were wonderful. It's a great place to live, but she goes and buys her house and it's like completely opposite side of Tulsa from where I live. Right. Oh. right? It was kind of like a, you know, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, um, okay. But at this, you know, we're married. So, and, and and we're working together mm-hmm. on everything but the treatment. Right. right? It's like, f- you know, fuck you, you know? Yeah. So she calls me and she's like, I'm buying a house in Coweta. It's a little town, little, little country town in Oklahoma. Um, but you have to come sign documents so I can buy it. Cause, oh, you know, okay. we're married. I'm like, okay, whatever you need, right? Of course, the day she decides to do this, it's snowing ridiculously. And I, so I drive, I drive the drive out there and I, I did, I signed all the papers for her and, um, she moved into the, into the house. Right. But we didn't, I don't know how we were able to do this, but we did because the anger on both sides, right. I'm scared and I'm pissed that she was given this and she's obviously scared and, angry and all the things that come with it you know um but we were able to work it out where we kept the kids in awaso schools where i lived okay. so that um basically stayed with me five days a week um and not that i didn't want um i felt sabrina having the kids was really really necessary right right for a couple reasons one because she's their mom but what if, right? That, right. that question is just in your head. I'm sorry to keep repeating it, but that's that's what it was. What if, right? And yeah. Um. So we would switch back and forth, you know. Um. So most of the week they stayed with me, and I got them to school because their school is like a mile from the house. 
Um, and sometimes during the week, you know, Sabrina, I want to say she had like Fridays off and yeah, she had Fridays off and like half day Wednesdays, you know, how dental offices is. They have right. a convinced mm-hmm. schedule. So, um, I want to say on Wednesday, she would pick the kids up from school and then have them that night. Then we'd meet like in the middle and I'd take them to school and then go to work. Okay. And, and Friday, of course, she would pick them up and I wouldn't get them back until Monday. So, okay. you, you know, the, there was a lot of, a lot of that that went on, but, um, we tried real hard to work together at least through the, even though things were rough. Um, she would go, you know, she did a lot of cool stuff with the kids. I mean, she loved her kids. That was her life, dude. She, her children were everything to her. Yeah. Um, and so she, you know, they did all kinds of stuff together. But believe it or not, um, we, we got better at communicating. And we knew we loved each other, but it just wasn't working right so um you know through this she would go to a lake up by my house or i would go out and stay at her house or i mean we still right like i i'd always had some little piece of like depression but it really started to get worse through this because the guilt started to eat me alive right Right? god my wife is sick look what i've done you know now she owns her own home i miss my family and i tell her that right and i'd go stay i'd go stay out there she'd let me once in a while um and i would tell her that god i miss my family just come home right and of course i got right right (laughs) and um she, her answer to me would be, it had become, you have your family, that's you and your kids. Oh, man. Like, oh. Right? Like, God, I fucked this up, you know, and, you know, got done with the Red Devil. She decides on, um, and we think we're doing okay, right? Because we've done the Red Devil, and now we've done the majority of the radiation. Right. Okay. Okay, so I'm sorry that it, it's all over, but it really, truly no, has. Okay. Um, and of course, in the middle of this, I go have like a midlife crisis and buy the fastest production motorcycle on the planet. Oh, geez. <laughs> right. And then I total it. Oh, no. Oh, no. And, and I needed, I didn't have anybody to come to the hospital. She did that for me. Oh, wow. She came came and got me from the hospital um, because I had, I was injured pretty good. I had a grade four clavicle tear. So, you know, she's really at this stage like this. Yeah. And and she's like, well, you're not staying here. I, I found it cool that she came and got me, but she made sure I knew you better fucking know where you're going because you're not coming here. Right. Yeah. So anyway, back where we were, um, we're through the, we're through the red devil and we're almost through all of the radiations. And of course she's still her bubbly self and 
you know, how she was. Um, her and my dad were pretty close, and my, my dad lived in Broken Arrow, so her and the kids would go see my dad, and, she, you know, she would talk to my dad. Um, her and my sister had lived together. She rented, you know, my sister to help her pay mortgage. My sister had come to Oklahoma and had stayed with her in her new house, you know, and all that. Um, that was a lifelong childhood, like best friend thing. Oh, nice. Okay. Um, that ended in such a way that if I die, I don't want her at my funeral. Oh no. I'm like, Oh no. So I'm like, okay. Right. Cause I'm going to respect whatever she tells me. Yeah. It's just whether we're getting along or not. And I felt like I deserved whatever I got anyway. We're almost, let's see. This started in 07. We're getting into 10 and we're thinking, okay, we're getting through it. Right. And as you know, you know, the treatments aren't easy. Life is at this point still extremely hard. Um, it's crazy. Um, so I, I kind of, so we we're heading into 10 and, and so I'm kind of dating, right? I don't really know why, to be quite honest with you. I think it was out of, uh, honest, if I'm honest, I think it was out of fear of being alone. That makes sense. Unfor- unfortunately for me, I, of course, picked. She was actually the cousin, bon- Bonnie. I mentioned Bonnie earlier. Okay. <laughs> cousin. And they're like, Sean, what do you, what? No. Cousin's <laughs> like, no, Sean. Um, but anyway, and, and then Sabrina was, uh, she was dating someone at this point too, but we were still working through it. And I still was telling her, I want my family back. You have your family. I mean, that kept, that went on till the end. Right. Right. So in 2010, of course, we think we're doing good and we get a few months in and we're not doing good. There's um, cancer in her bone marrow. Oh no. And um, anybody that's dealt with cancer knows when it gets to that point, yeah, it, it's not, it's just not, I mean, yeah. you might get a miracle, but it's just not good. Right. Yeah. So then we know, you know, it's spread. Um, it's really spread. And um, that's probably the worst place that could have yeah. spread. And of course they find some stuff in her spine and we're like, oh. now I'm really like shitting my pants. Right. Yeah. And you know, girl goes away sabrina's dating this guy you know i of course i'm jealous like fuck this guy you know fucking around my kids but i i I never made it the kids told me he didn't you know of course you wonder is how is he he's not messing with you guys he's not mean to you like that you know because i would have lost my mind at that point but the kids were okay right riley was probably too little to really know yeah Um, but my daughter, of course, was old enough to be, yeah. what the hell is going on, guys? But yeah. uh, really didn't show it. So now we know, I mean, the prognosis is not good, right? There's, it's in the spine. It's in the bone marrow. And so I'm like, what, okay, what are they going to do, right? But at this point, I'm not getting all the info shared with me, right? I'm just still doing the five days a week, getting the kids to school, the Wednesday thing, the Friday thing. Um, again, 
she's still going to work and you can imagine the pain had to be ridiculous yeah. and she had pain medicine and so um we get to november of 10 and it's my thanksgiving with the kids right and so we had like i had a couple groups of really like they're like family today i still you know they're still like family today, right. so um Sabrina ends up in the hospital right here around this Thanksgiving. So I do my best to make sure the kids have a good Thanksgiving. I go with some friends that I had been hanging with and let, let me back up just a hair. I'm sorry. I, this is hard to tell. I haven't had to tell it in a long time. So no um, back up just a hair to, to hopefully, you know, I'm hoping that the stories help somebody, right? Ultimately that's the goal. Absolutely. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But to show how people behave when cancer comes, right? Mm -hmm. So we had this really tight group of friends, and they were all people. Most of them were were people that I had been working with for about 15 years. And this this group of friends, I'd say there was um, like five couples of us. Okay. Okay, and we and we were... I mean, pool parties Friday night, drinking together, barbecues, um, you know, all that stuff. Um, and remember, we were young, so we partied yeah. a lot. <laughs> <laughs> um, we had a lot of fun together. I mean, but all those people remain super supportive. But when, when the whole we're going to separate thing happened, yeah, you can imagine. Yeah. Right. Sean's a piece of shit. Right. Right. So I'm like, I kind of felt like I was a piece of shit, but I'm told I shouldn't have. But so a lot of these people, you know, of course, thank God, they, they you know, they didn't, they didn't leave her side. Right. So I was, pr I was proud of that. I was happy about that. Yeah. Um, Greg and Bonnie absolutely stuck by me because they, they knew the whole story. Right. The rest of the group did not know the whole story. Oh, okay. Uh, and I was like, so of course my reaction at the time, because I was so angry and scared was, you know, F you all, you know, yeah. you, but thank God they, they stuck by her. So Denise, Denise didn't give up on me. Of course she didn't understand, but once I explained everything and I think Sabrina kind of helped in that too, Denise didn't really leave either of us, but she leaned heavier because Sabrina needed more. Sure. Uh, right. Yeah buyer and then there was people that came along you know later that didn't even know me that were like this guy's a piece of shit you know right so i've got all these people right judging me and of course at this point i'm like i don't give a flying f what you think eat a bag and i'm i'm so we're getting into so we found all this stuff out it's in the bone marrow there's some in the spine and so Thanksgiving rolls around and it's my Thanksgiving and I talk to Sabrina, what are you going to do? Um, I'm just going to go to the movies, whatever, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, okay. So, you know, didn't think anything of it. Went to Thanksgiving with um, some friends of mine, Jason, Jason and Kristen, and they had two, two daughters that were close in age to live. So good for, you know, healthy for live. She could play and Riley yeah. was still, you know, little guy at this point. Um, 2010, he was, you know, like five. Right. 
Um, and and to be honest, he and this is going to sound crazy, but even Terry says it. He was my tumor. He he never like he was right here, right? Like, <laughs> if if he if he wasn't with his mama, right? Those right. Kids, yeah. Those kids love their mama. Um, and God, I got to back up one more time. I'm so sorry. I left the part out. This is crazy. Um, so we're getting into to October. We're starting to get into November. And Sabrina, you know, she, you can't really tell, right? That like the news that was coming later in November sh shocked the shit out of me. Like, because, mm, right. You know, that's part I'm about to tell you, you know, you couldn't tell. You just couldn't tell. I mean, yeah, you know, she was, <clears throat> she had a wig. She named Michelle. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, you know, that if that doesn't tell you how, I mean, she was so tough and she was still laughing. And it was that when I look back, that makes me smile. Right. Yeah. Um, in October or right in the, I think it was right in the beginning of this November, 2010. Um, and like I said, Sabrina loved her boss. He was a really cool guy and her two, the two ladies, the hygienist and the office manager, they were just sweethearts. Right. I mean, she just, you couldn't have paid her to leave this office. But so she <clears throat> she had been coming to me and telling me that Monty, she'd been catching him drinking. Oh, the dinner. oh, wow. OK. Right. Like not drinking after five, but drinking at during work. the day. Oh, wow. Ooh. I'm like, Sabrina, you got to say something, dude. What if he hurts somebody, man? He's right. working on people, right? Like, yeah. Um. And she walked in one day and he's sitting in the morning and he's sitting in one of the dental chairs hooked up to the nitrous. Oh no. Oh my and God. You got to know she loved this man. He was great to her. Yeah. Uh, but he was hooked up to the nitrous without the oxygen turned on. Oh no. Yeah. So Sabrina and I still to this day don't know what the, I, I don't know what was going on because you know as well as I do, chemo yeah. brain. Difficult. Right. It's right. difficult. Yep. Um, she somehow unhooks him. Now, mind you, there is two major, very good hospitals within a mile of this office. I mean, like right down the road. Right. She unhooks him, somehow gets him out of the chair, into her car, and races home. Oh, what the heck? Yeah. So, like I said, there's two major St. John's and uh, Hillcrest, two major hospitals, right? Like, mm -hmm. you can throw a stone at them. So, to this day, we still can't figure that part out. But she, I think chemo brain would be right. You're not, I mean, plus you're, you just found your boss hooked up to nitrous and the oxygen and the Sanon. So, if you're familiar with, how nitrous works and you don't have the oxygen you can imagine what i mean make make your own right you know. yeah um yeah. he's not dead so he you know his heart he's still got a pulse so she gets him in the car races him to his house by this time is screaming and honking the horn to get him outside but 
but she knew something had to happen. So she drags him out of the car, lays him flat in the driveway and starts CPR. Oh my gosh. Oh, okay. Right. The, and this is, like I said, they were very close. So oh my gosh. Um, he died in her arms. Oh, oh I cannot imagine. Oh my gosh. Right. So, um, I was, God, that gave me chills. Cause it just, me started. too. Yeah. Wow. Because she called me, dude, and she was a mess, right? I mean, she's already dealing with all this, and now one of her closest friends just basically committed suicide. I mean, like I described, you you don't hook yourself up to nitrous, not turn the oxygen on, and that's not trying to take yourself. I mean, I often wonder, you know, if that didn't make things go quicker for her right because the okay. effect that, that had to have on her mentally yeah. i i don't i don't know i can't even imagine what it was right i've never been in that situation right um i tried to talk her through it as best i can but again there was still some yeah 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 but believe it or not she she did call me uh quickly and tell me what had happened and um so then she had to you know of course the guy had to be buried, right? So she had to go to the funeral and face all the friends and the family. Oh, wow. And so then Thanksgiving's coming. Like I said, I asked her, you know, hey, what are you going to do? Because if you want to come with us, we're going with Jason. No, absolutely yeah. not, right? So we go to do Thanksgiving, and she ends up in the hospital. And this friend of ours named her name was Denise that I told you we I met at work and yeah. became with and then she was became you know with the kids and Sabrina they we were all close yeah you know spent a lot of weekends together barbecue mm-hmm. beer um but Sabrina ends up in the hospital um just a few days before Thanksgiving so um we're trying to figure out what's going on like lots of pain and this and that and some kind of beating up Denise. Well, what the hell's going on? What are they doing, dude? Why aren't they fucking doing anything, right? Like, God right. damn it. <clears throat> and um, so long of the short of it is she's dying. Mm-hmm. Like, there's nothing left to do. She, her, So basically, her, and I'm going to butcher this, but like her liver and her spleen were touching because the tumors were so... Oh. Like, Wow. You know what I mean? Like earlier, I told yeah. you the bone marrow, the spine, but now it was like, there's, yeah. Like yeah. She's full, right. And so you can imagine, I, I, I just imagine the pain. It, it, but what had happened in the hospital was really shitty, right? And the experience with, like I told you, I didn't care for the oncologist. He right. was kind of ass. I don't feel he did everything he could have. He didn't communicate well. Um, now, I will say the nurses through the chemo and radiation were amazing. Um, so here we are, right? And Denise goes out into the hallway, and there's this group of doctors that were conversing about Sabrina. And Denise just happened to hear what they were saying. And um, just to give you a little insight, Denise was like a 70s biker girl so she doesn't really <laughs> give a flying shit you know yep. she, 
ever. And this is my friend. So, you know, I will kill you kind of girl, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, And she overhears them. And she walks over to this group of four or five doctors talking about there's nothing we could do. She's, you know, she's dying. But they're not telling anybody. And Denise hears it and she walks right in the middle of him and goes, why aren't you motherfuckers in that room telling that woman what's going on so she can make peace? Right. Right. If there's nothing you could do, fucking let her go. Let me take her home. Right. Right. Yeah. And because Denise was super emotional, Um, not just because of this, but that's just who she was. Very passionate. Like if you were her friend, you know, whatever. So they did. They told. They told her it's time for a hospice. Oh gosh, I'm so and, sorry. And Denise, you know, of course she. I want to say it was Thanksgiving Day when she called me, um, because this this right at the, that time, right? So yeah. some of it obviously is blurred. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So she calls me and she says, Hey, it's, I got, I got to talk to you. So I'm like, you know, I got the kids and my friends and stuff. So I'm, I take the call elsewhere. And, uh, she's like, um, her liver's touching her spleen, Sean. She's so full of tumors that there's nothing mm-hmm. left they can do but pain management, you know, time for hospice. Like, I'm like, you know, or, what so far as I knew she was just in the hospital for like I don't I don't remember what I can't I just can't remember I'm sorry right yeah Uh, that's okay so Denise delivers this information to me and um of course for a little while I'm like oh fuck yeah right here here it comes right Right, like, what am I going to do with these fucking kids? What? How are they going to react? How are we? I mean, what are we going to? What? I can't even imagine. No. I had no idea what the fuck. I. I mean, I went on autopilot for a little while, but anyway. So, um, they go ahead and go. The doctors go ahead and go and tell her what's going on, and that um, you know it's time you know, hospice, and of course, she's still Sabrina, so she's like, well, then let me, you know, fucking let me out of this hospital then, you know, going going to my home, and um, um, bear with me, I'm trying to think this next part through how it went down. So after Thanksgiving, um, you know, after that, she did go home. Um, And then really, you know, I understood how important it was that she get to spend as much time with the kids, right? So, um, but the next, like, this sucked. The next fuck you comes and um, Verizon terminates me. Oh my gosh. Because oh. right at the end of, right after Thanksgiving, 
right after she's going home, um, I get a termination letter because I've run out of FMLA and long-term disability. Um, oh, you're kidding me. No, which, you know, I was, I had it to help. Yeah. Right. Um, but of course I had, you know, I'd missed a lot of work and of course I worked in a high paced environment and to be quite frank, I had made not friends with a couple of them cause whatever, it doesn't matter, but yeah. Well, guess who carried all the benefits? Oh no. Oh my gosh. So here I am just got delivered the fucking dude. Sabrina's, this is it, man. We're at the end of it. And I get that. And then within the same week, I lose my job, which means within a, you know, whatever it is, 30 day period, I'm not going to have medical. Right. Yeah. Right. So I'm like, dude, I'm like freaking out. Like, how in the fuck am I going to tell this to Sabrina? Right. Because, <laughs> you yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. It was, it was amazing insurance. Like to be honest with you, I, I, we hardly paid for anything because the costs were yeah, mm -hmm. so unbelievably high. I mean, yeah. 30 radiations and let me not leave out that she chose for a double mastectomy. Right. Okay. Right. It, it was already here. So, you know, she's yeah. like, take them both. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and also I didn't get to share with you that she did opt when she was, cause at a time she was feeling better. Um, yeah. she had, uh, subcutaneous implant. Yeah. Okay. Give me one second. So I got that news about Sabrina. Then I got the news about my job. And now I'm going, honestly, Colette, I mean, sorry for the language, but I was like, what in the fuck am I going to do? Absolutely. I'd feel the same way. That's crazy. Yeah. Right now, I have no fucking job. I have, I, I mean, I have nothing. And most importantly to me, I didn't give a shit about the job because I knew whatever, I'll go find something. Sure. Make up for it. But because um, I still got to have to take care of my children. Um, but I was really scared about the benefits the most. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, and I was really fucking scared to tell her that we were going to lose them. Yeah. Yeah. Because she had just found out she's basically going home to die. I mean, I hate to be like that, but that's kind of how they put it. Yeah. So, um, so by this time she's at home and I'm trying to figure out how to tell her that, you know, we're not going to have benefits in a month. And so I finally just had to kind of man up, you know, and, have that conversation with her because, you know, by this time she's at home and, you know, morphine and all that, right? Like, yeah, cause she's the pain's getting. Yeah. Um, but then the next dinger comes. So Sabrina's mother and sister and the husband of the mother and that part of the family always hated me because they felt like I took their daughter and their granddaughter away from them by moving to Oklahoma. Oh, right? okay. 
we, but the reason we went to Oklahoma was because the opportunity that we had to make a life that we didn't have in California. Right. Yeah. Right. Sabrina's had a doctor's office, optometrist making six bucks an hour. I'm building roll up doors for seven. I mean, dude, we weren't going to, right. We had to right. do yeah. had this opportunity to have a true, like, like I said, it's, it's lasted 30 years so far. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So, I have to tell you that because the next part, you wouldn't understand why this went on. But so back to the very beginning of December, and I can't remember because I'm Sabrina in the beginning did not want her mother to know that she had cancer. Oh, right. But whatever part of me that hated the woman, I just couldn't imagine her not knowing this. Mm -hmm. So I'm the one that called and told her mother. Oh. But the response I got was, was she owes me an apology and she should have called me herself. Uh, oh my gosh. Wow. Sorry. I, I'm, things come back to me, right? As I tell the story, but yeah. Um, so of course I'm like, you fucking bitch. Cause I didn't care for her anyway. Yeah. So that's how that went. Right. But in the beginning of December, when she finds out that it's hospice, the son of a bitch, Sean did what we told you he would do. And, you know, she was in her house, so that motherfucker, you know what I mean? That kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. So they show up in the beginning of December and they take over Sabrina's house. Oh, no. Because Sabrina's by this time, you know, real shortly after getting home, it, the medications, right? Yeah. And they're, you know how it is. They're heavy, dude. Yeah. Because mm -hmm. they're trying to make you comfortable. And so her mother takes, like, takes over, dude, and they had asked, this is going to get convoluted. Sabrina wanted to go home to California for oh. Christmas. She had come and we had a long talk about it. And I said, yeah, absolutely. You want to go home and see your family? Go ahead. But she wanted to take the kids. Okay. Right? I'm like, yeah, go. You know, we had had this talk earlier in the year. Yeah, I have. Go ahead. It's your, it's your, it was her Christmas, right? Right. You want your kids? Yes. Take them with you. Absolutely. So we had agreed to that. So back to the family showing up, mom, her husband, and then comes her, at some point came her sister. Um, now, remind you, there hasn't been any, hardly any relationship up until the very end between Sabrina and her family. Right. Um, they, you know, she was sick of the manipulation that went on for years. So here they come, right? But I personally thought it was kind of I thought it was kind of necessary because there wasn't really anybody that close that would have been able to be there every day and of course yeah. you know I probably wasn't going to be that guy right yeah um but so we would here they come and they're not letting then all of a sudden dude they're they're not letting their friends weird stuff started going on um once they got here dude they wouldn't let her friends come in Oh, no. Wow. People would call me like, dude, they're not letting us in to see her. Denise, who I mentioned earlier, was like, Sean, I don't know what's going on in there, man. Any Oklahoma people were, they couldn't see her anymore. So this whole Christmas trip, mind you, by the time, like the, by the second week of December, I went out there to pick the kids up and I went back and I laid in bed with Sabrina. The kids had come to me and they're like, Dad, Mom's talking about alligators and flying monkeys and Aww. shit. Okay, it's the fucking drugs, right? Like, she's yeah, hot. Yeah. But, you know, probably all of it. 
And so, of course, I'm like, oh, God, this is coming fast, right? Yeah. So this, they're not out of school yet before. Remember, they were supposed to go to California for Christmas. Right. But Sabrina was, I mean, you couldn't have put her on a plane, right? No. But these people were still going to go. You're kidding me. And plan to take her? Wait a minute. (laughs) I go in and I lay by Sabrina. And they were they were planning to to yes to take her and the kids. Um, the kids had one week of school left, hence the reason I went out there to pick them up. Right. Um, I went in to Sabrina's bedroom to. I God, I hate to say this. I knew what was going to happen, and yeah. I knew it was quick, especially yeah. after the kids told me that. Mm-hmm. And then I went in to see her. And so I laid down in bed with her, and I, I just, she didn't, I don't even know if she hurt me. I hope she did. I said, I love you, man. I'm, I, I'll do everything I promise with the kids. I, you know, I said my, my whatever, and then um, I grabbed the kids and went back to my house in Owasso. They still had this idea in their head that they were going to put this woman that sick on a goddamn airplane. Oh my gosh. And and go with the kids. Well, by this time, Co, I the day I picked them up and they're like, so we'll their last day of school is what like the sixteenth. We were planning on leaving on the seventeenth. So we'll just meet up and pick them up. And of course, it dawned on me what they were doing. So I I, I, I just went along with it. I said, Yeah, just um let's chat on the sixteenth when they're out of school and we'll work out yeah pick, picking them up right right mm-hmm. but in between the time i got them from sabrina's and seeing sabrina in that condition and the 16th of december I, you know their plan was to get the kids out there and keep them there yeah and i knew and as soon as i i right i'm not thinking clearly at this time i didn't catch it but my dad was like sean Right. And somebody else had told us that that's what they thought. And my dad's like, don't you fucking let them kids go with her. Yeah. I'm like, fucking kidding me. These are my kids. And of course, they didn't see Olivia as mine, but who cares what they thought? Right. So they, 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 they call on the 16th. Hey, hey. And of course, you know, they're trying to be nice because they know we hate each other, but they don't want me. They know I have a temper. And yeah. They know I'll tell them, you know, like this. And yeah. I had before, right? And by this time, I'm get, I'm really angry, right? Because I just couldn't believe that people could be that evil. Like, like they believed, like I that I didn't care about my wife, right? right. Like, right? Like, it's not bad enough that I'm gonna lose this lady from my life that I've had in it since I was ten years old. Right. Wow. Yeah. Right. Because Sabrina and I weren't just like didn't just meet and all that we she was a childhood friend of my sister's that oftentimes lived in our house and it just happened that later on her and i yeah Yeah. so i'm like you motherfuckers right and i'm really really angry when they call and i'm shaking and i'm trying to like keep my my calm um so hey sean um what time do you want to meet for us to pick up the kids and I just paused and I go, you're not picking my kids up. No. 
And they're like, what do you, what do you mean? I said, do you think I'm a moron? <clears throat> You're going to run off out of here. You're going to put your daughter as sick as she is on an airplane for one. And you mm -hmm. think I'm going to let you take my kids to California? Right. And then you're what, what, where your, where your husband's mother was the sheriff of Yuba County for 25 oh, years geez. and, and, and has every f legal connection in the world. You think I'm going to let you make me go out there and fight for my own children. Uh, right. Fight right. Me right. Right. Cause I knew what was coming next. Um, yeah. but I knew that's what they were going to do. Right. Like yeah. they hated me, Colette. I mean, Hey, you wouldn't believe the kind of hatred, like if that lady could have killed me and got away with it, they hated me. Right. Peace. But anyway, at 10 o'clock on Christmas Eve, I've, I've got the kids. Because, uh, dude, by this point, nobody's getting near the kids. No, but I don't care if you're close to me or what. The only people getting near the kids are me and my dad. Yeah. 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 And, um, to spend Christmas morning with my dad first, right? We had stops. We had all day mm -hmm. people that wanted to see the kids and stuff. So, um, and of course, they have the sister, Sabrina's sister, Yvonne, call me and like tell me that she was gone. So I'm driving down the highway and I'm like trying not to lose it. it just, the way it ended sucked. Um, the whole experience sucked. Yeah. Um, so I, I just waited. I tried to hold it together until I got to my dad's. And then, like, of course, I, you know, I got to tell the, these yeah. five and five year old boy and a 12 year old girl they don't have a mother anymore. Oh. Um, like, I mean, I got to be honest with you. It was emotion didn't come for me right away. It was there. Like, it hit me. Mm -hmm. But it was like I just went numb. Yeah. And yeah. I, I can and I knew, right from this point. There was no like feeling sorry for yourself, which I did a lot of. Um, there's no now. It's all about those two kids. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. And and one one which the biggest mistake Sabrina and I made was I did we didn't hide from Olivia that I wasn't biological, right? She just knew I was daddy, right? I mean, yeah. Um, but the biggest mistake we made was I didn't adopt her. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So, so we go, we go from Owasso where I live and we go see grandpa and and I tell him with grandpa and I tell my, you know, of course I tell my dad and he's like, God, so I'm kind of roboting through the day. We're going to see that, you know, I got to let certain people know and mm -hmm. we're kind of going around and when it, and when it finally, when it finally like came out of me mm -hmm. uh, later that day we went by these friends house well they were friends but remember what i said some mm -hmm. a lot of people like blame me and were angry with me because they didn't know right. um, these this was one set that at the time we were close to but they disappeared right um but we walked into their house um because they had kids the same age uh, and I, you know, I tried to keep the kids where they could kind of keep writing it for now, keep their mind off of it by being yeah. around other kids. So we walk into this house and, you know, my friends are like, fuck, I'm sorry, man. But the mother, 
like the mother of my buddy's wife. Mm-hmm. How you doing? Mm. I said, I'm fine. And she looks at me right in the face and she goes, no, you're not. Yeah. Don't look at me. Right. So I lost it, dude. And she, of course she hugs me and all that shit. Yeah. yeah. Um, but believe it or not, it got even freaking harder. Then all of the bullshit began. And some of this you're not going to believe. I was born on December 27th, right? Mm-hmm. The 24th that year was a Friday. So my birthday was Monday. Um, Sabrina passed away on the 24th that Friday. Do you want to take a guess where I was Monday morning? Where? At the courthouse. I was hoping you weren't going to say that. Oh, Oh. no. So, so I had, you know, so we haven't dealt with shit yet. And I don't know what's supposed to happen because I've never been through it. I don't know what to do. But I know this. And thank God for my dad, man. I thank God for my dad every day in this. Because he had to walk me around for a couple weeks to do this shit like a rope. I was just going through the motions, Colette. I didn't know what to do. By this time, I'm 30. I mean, this battle was three years, so I'm 36. Right. Mm-hmm. Got a five-year-old and a 12-year-old daughter and me, right? I didn't have a lot of family, my dad and Greg and Bonnie. Wow. Um, so the first thing we did was after that whole ordeal on the 16th, my dad had already found this attorney that he knew. Um, and kind of had gotten a consultation because, you know, like I said, live biologically and legally wasn't mine. Right. So the first thing Monday morning, of course, we had to go to the courthouse because I knew what I already knew what was coming, dude. I knew there was going to be a fight. Like I just knew the people, there was no doubt in my mind, but one of the people that had been around overheard stuff mm-hmm. right and so then i just confirmed what i th- thought right. i already knew so um i'm at the courthouse with the attorney um to meet the judge to get to to basically protect olivia first yeah. because i knew there's really nothing they really would have had a hard time getting riley because he yeah. was magical yeah. son, but i knew they were going to try to take live away from me so um, we, so yeah, she dies on a Friday, Monday, I'm in a courtroom looking at a judge going, you know, this is the scenario. Um, you know, the attorney explains it all and, you know, people in Oklahoma are a little different, dude. And like, it's, it's, it's just, they're just different. Let me just say that. Mm-hmm. Um, and we were there mm, 20 minutes. And he looked right at us. Like after he heard the story, he looked right at us and he, go, he looks at me and he goes, you have her, you, her, you have her brother. Yeah. I'm like, yeah, that both kids have lived with me all the way through this experience too. 
You know, it's not like we were enemies. And we, we never, <clears throat> Serena and I never, like, got divorced. Right. So I mean, in legal terms, I'm a widow, right? Right. So the judge looks at me and he goes, you, you've raised this girl for 12 years and you have her brother. Yes, sir. He's, he immediately stamped the paper. She's a ward of the court, oh. which meant um, that I'm not, there's no, you know, basically I'm not going to split her. Away. I had promised Sabrina would not split the kids. Let me tell you right. that. One mm -hmm. thing she begged me, do not split my kids up. Yeah. You got my word. No matter what happens, I will not split the kids. <clears throat> so, you know, he, he, he determines that Olivia's a ward of the court. So basically he's, she's the property of Oklahoma. Wow. Because, because there's, I have no. Yeah. But what he's saying is you have her brother, dude. Yeah. yeah. Go home with her. Yeah. Nobody, they, he made it so that I had control, but that if those people touch her, you know, we had them, right? Right. Yeah. But but then so then that you know they already had hired this badass supposed badass attorney right but they didn't realize that I knew a lot of people and had a lot of connections. One of them was a district attorney, right? Very and, oh, wow. So on our side, but we had my my dad had hired this attorney for me, right? Like like I said he was amazing through this cuz yeah. there was more steps. Um, so anyway, we do the Monday thing, and God, Colette, it was so ridiculous, dude. It shouldn't have been this hard. Um, we do the court thing, and then nobody seems to know where her fucking body is. Oh, my gosh. What? Right? But by law, I'm her husband, right? Yeah. So again, I, you know, my dad, you know, keep your head on your shoulders, slow down. Cause back then I was young and I was just had a really bad temper, the stress yeah. and all that made it worse. Mm -hmm. Right. And so, um, we did some work and we quickly found out. So, again, it goes back to knowing people. So, <laughs> mentioned um, Jason and Kristen earlier. Jason's profession was he owned two big auto mechanic shops in town, and one of his accounts was, um, this guy's name was Ray. But what Ray did was all of the transport for all of the funeral homes in the area. Oh, okay. Wow. okay. Like, connected guy, yeah. you know. I mean, like, so, again, they didn't know that I knew people. So what they had done was they they had gone and um, picked a funeral home. Wow. And remember what I said. they Dude, there wasn't a relationship there until the last year. Yeah. yeah. Right? With their daughter. Yeah. Um, but they had gone and picked a funeral home, and they were having her cremated. And, oh my gosh. And and they planned 
the service without the, telling you without, anything not a word right so when i found all this out of course you know i had to do the i had to do a lot of the shit where you have to go get like multiple copies of the death certificates right. and, and a handful of those and having to look at them as you hand them out yeah difficult let me tell yeah. you Dif i mean yeah i cannot imagine so we find out where this place is right so immediately my dad comes and come on we got to go deal with this fuck i don't want to deal with this anymore right i'm like so tired i'm so angry i'm so hurt i'm so pissed i don't know what i'm gonna do what about my kids what fuck this right that's how i felt i mean yeah, yeah. sorry for the language but that's how i felt so yeah. i we walk in there and i'm like um do you have a sabrina patrick here and he's like uh yeah we're doing the cremation this and that and the service is going to be held in our room here and i'm i'm like and who uh who you know who who arranged this and who paid for it and he's getting kind of curious right like mm -hmm. I'm sure that people don't just walk in and start asking this stuff. Yeah. Right? I wanted to understand what mm -hmm. happened. Um, and then if he asked, I was going to tell him. But uh, he tells me, and I go, did you know she had a husband? And this dude fucking shit his pants. I bet he did. Yeah, I was going to ask. Like, I'm surprised they did any of that without contacting you. Because like you said, you guys weren't divorced. So anything should have been done through you. Yeah, but the deal is they made these decisions and didn't share that information. Wow. So that I, I said, I'm her husband. How in the hell did you get permission to do this without me? Yeah. And, dude, this guy was, I'm not, yeah. if he could have shit his pants right in front of me, he would have because I bet. Mm -hmm. it, it, what, he, what he had done was against the law. Yeah. And what they had done was against the law. Yeah. But I didn't want any more bullshit, right? I didn't want to go through any more bullshit like that. I didn't want to fight with them. I kind of just wanted them to go away. I didn't yeah. want to get her kid, granddaughter from them, whatever. You know, at this point, he's fucking ghost white. Sure. And he's like, what do you want me to do? I said, you know what I want you to do? Um, I want you to go ahead and let them have their service. I said, all I ask from you is that you... Go ahead and let them pay for the cremation, right? Right. And I, all I ask is that after the cremation, you give me a small urn of the ashes for my children. Yeah, absolutely. I'm so glad you asked for that. Yeah. Right. So I didn't disrupt their plan um, for that because part of me was like, well, you, you want to pay the fucking $1,500? You want to pay the money that it's going to cost you for this place? Go ahead, motherfuckers. You know what I mean? My The part of me that was like angry. Yeah. yeah. But I knew, dude, we were going to have a service anyway. Because yeah. we, like, they didn't know anybody. They didn't know who would want to fucking be there. They didn't know her friends. They didn't know the family that she had built there. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. been involved in our lives. <laughs> so that I've mentioned Denise. I mean... We we um we plan the we plan the service because we we knew there was a lot of people that um I'm telling you people just loved her right yeah and so 
that was another trip too because i've never fucking planned anything like that you got to look at all the pictures and the memories and the, pick the music and i mean to this day i cannot listen to rascal flats oh. if i even fucking hear it i'm in tears yeah, yeah. because you know that at the service you know that song that they sing about um blessing your kids i i can't remember the name of the song but mm -hmm. anyway there was a song dedicated to the kids so 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 denise and i went through and we planned the service and found a spot paid for it yeah. got it already did what we thought she would have wanted right and, yeah. and left them to their own right yeah, yeah but told them I told him, not that much of an asshole. I told him, we're, Sabrina's, we're having a service for Sabrina at X, at X time. There you go. Yeah. I um, still morally felt that I should at least tell him that. Right. Even though I had to tell him to pound sand. Um, but anyway, so we planned it all. Um, had the music, had the pictures had the video whatever all of it um made sure everybody that we thought you know needed that would want to say goodbye um or whatever would be there and we had the service right and i'm like god it was so hard my dad would not go and he oh. had not met since she was little girl right yeah but for whatever reason and i never got the answer I couldn't understand that. It's always bothered me, but maybe yeah. he just couldn't at that point in his life. My dad wasn't good either. Um, mm -hmm. So I, it was me, right? Me and the yeah. kid. And I, I mean, I had, you know, I had a, a couple couples that were, you know, they were there for me, but it was like walking in there. Like, so first time I'd done anything in dealing with this since Sabrina died without my, my father. Right. Um, so it was really hard, right? Because, yeah, I had people that cared about me and people that were there and people that stood right by me through it. Right. Uh, but I got to tell you, man, it was hard to walk up. And, and then it really made me angry. I walk up where I'm supposed to sit with my children, right? And look to my right, and there's the mother and the husband. Oh, the wow. Like, I'm having to face them while I'm trying to say, goodbye and keep my kids from mounting down yeah uh, and then of course and i'm not done with the court piece by the way either um <laughs> but we had to i mean this is in the order that it happened um my dad had just got gone through a divorce and this lady was angry right and so she like i don't know why but she chose that side so she oh, was just wow every thing that she knew about us and any issue I ever had, if I had been depressed or whatever, um, anything, she was feeding that to the mom. Oh, wow. Oh. To help, right? Because what was coming next was sat behind me and my kids, dude, and she fucking reached up while we're in there trying to say goodbye. And I'm trying to hold the kids together and she's reaching, you know, reaching up, whispering in their ears about whatever, you know, oh, grandma's hit. You're not their fucking grandma, bitch. You were just married to my father. Yeah. Okay? Wow. Yeah. So, and by this time I knew that she was like, 
trying to help them take my fucking kids, right? So, of course, how would you feel? You're going to, I had hatred for her. Yeah. Yeah, totally. So, of course, what, what it was, I'm, I don't know why this is so unbelievable to me because I should have expected it. I mean, we, like I said, we hung out with a tight knit group, right? This place held 200 people. It was standing room only. Oh, wow. And a lot of the people tell you guys, honestly, I didn't even know them. Right. Right. And the, and these were people that she just had touched their lives in some way. I was so proud of her when when I saw that you were so loved. You don't even know how cool you were. Right. So we um, go through that and do a little like, you know, gathering afterwards. But I was so done. I just wanted to go home. So we did. And then, of course, the court shit is on. They've got this attorney they think's badass. And they've got my dad's um, ex-wife like feeding it. He's mentally unstable. He did this. He did that. Oh, my God. None of it could be proved, and the judge called bullshit anyway. Good. And I, I want to say, too, I'm I'm so glad. Like, I hate that you had to deal with making live a ward of the court so soon after, but I'm so glad you had the foresight to do that. I think that was the smartest thing you could have done. Yeah. Oh, if I didn't, she was yeah. gone. Yeah. I couldn't. I promised. I, I, I would never let her go unless she wanted to, and there's... You're going to be shocked at some more of this. But this was the journey through Sabrina Colette. That's why I was worried because it's such a long story. I mean, this isn't a normal, I don't think this is a normal experience, but I don't know other people's stories. Right. Right. Yeah. And we've never heard any of this either. So it's, it is mind blowing, honestly. Crazy. Some of it, huh? Yeah. I mean, I still am like, God, it's so crazy. So, um, yeah, we had to go back to the court with the attorneys and still fight because they were still trying. At least, oh for, my God. well, at least, at least, what they did was they quit trying for for Riley. Yeah, mm. which really to me, and you know, I've had this talk with Terry a ton. If you were gonna, if you're a grandparent and you believe this guy's such a pile and he's crazy. Wouldn't you go after both your grandkids? Yes. Right. Yeah. It just shows that they had zero care for the kids' well-being because they're the what's best for them would not be splitting them up after such a huge loss. Yeah. But they they just, they just wanted to get it shut to hurt you. Yeah. yeah. That's exactly that's what they wanted. They wanted me to suffer some more. So that that's amazing. I can't believe you said that because no, I haven't really had anybody n- notice that. But that's the way I explain it, they were after infliction of pain that they could do to me. And that that was fine. You, I didn't like you anyway, but I sure as hell didn't try to make you suffer like shit. I called and told you your daughter had cancer. I mean, you know, I told you that we were having a service and that you would be probably sitting in that room by yourself, blah, blah, blah. Right. Yeah. Um, Of course. Now I'm sure that the sting and the pain and the grief and the emotion of losing your daughter is setting in. So the anger for me is building, right? It's like getting yeah. worse than it's ever. We go to court. I win again. They're, you know, yeah, pissed. Um, so I think we're moving on, right? I think we're moving on. Um, so I know there's some things at Sabrina's house that I need to go deal with, a car and all this stuff. 
Yeah. So I go out there to my dad and I go out there to deal with it and we get inside and it's empty. The house is empty. Yeah. They took everything. They oh. took stuff that belonged to the kids, stuff that was meant for the kids. They took. Oh it. my God. No. Um, the car, they tried to take the car, but they found out that they couldn't touch it because it was in my name. Right. And that's I what I was going to say with everything in the house too. Like, I mean, she, I don't know how much of what was in the house she had bought, but that house was under your name, right? So it, them taking it, everything. It, it had my name on the documentation, but yeah. she owned it. Okay. Yeah. But because we were married, it had to have both. Yeah. Signatures. Right, like, yeah, I can't believe they sold crazy. all of that. Yeah, uh, I don't. Yeah, they did. That's the perfect. They stole it all, dude, because I didn't even get the chance to look through the stuff that was supposed to be given to the children. Right. Uh, I don't know how we got it, but we did get some of the most important stuff, like her high school ring and um, her wedding ring and that stuff that was to go to live. Okay, uh, good. But, and I can't remember how that went. If I had taken it, I think I already had it. Um, okay. But with the car, this will make you giggle. So with the car, you know, they, they're trying to even take the car. And I told, I found out and I told them, don't fucking touch the car. It's mine. Yeah. yeah. Of course, they're, fuck you, you know. So this is how petty it got. I go in, I look around i see that it's empty the attic is empty the garage is empty except for the car so i start to like look at the car because i'm gonna move it because ultimately i was gonna donate it okay because what i did was i donated the car to a children's cancer thing oh oh so, wow so they but the problem was i couldn't move the car do you want to take a guess why they stole the fucking license plates. Oh my gosh. What is wrong with that? <laughs> How would you, who would even think, dude, I would have never thought of that, but no, like, I was thinking they did something mechanical to it. Slash the yeah. tires. No, they took the license plates. Yeah. So you couldn't just like move it. You'd have to go through some bullshit. Right. Move. So once again, I just, I found a, a charity that, um, you could make donations of such things as cars. And the, there was nothing wrong with the car other than some hail damage. It was a Honda Civic. Okay, um, yeah. I mean, it ran great. It was a good car. Um, and But they they were, you know, like, yeah, absolutely, you know, you, we'll give you, uh, you know, tax right. I'm like, I don't want anything. I, mm -hmm. I just, if it'll help somebody. But how do you get it? And they're like, we'll come get it. So they just came straight with a tow truck nice. and took it. So that worked out right. We're getting near the end of this part, guys. Um, I'm not in good shape. There mm -hmm. they leave. It's pretty much like over. It's time to start the grief process, really. Yeah. You know, we had to run around town, and again, my dad drugged me all over dealing with the paperwork and all that. But this is all over. So we're finally, you know. Kids are back in school. We're trying to build a routine. I had a therapist, right, who I loved, and this guy was freaking amazing. He worked at Laureate in Tulsa, which is a world-renowned clinic. Oh, wow. Right. Okay. Like, people come from all over for it, for lots of mental health or, you yeah. know, like 
disorders. And I had an amazing therapist. He was, I love that guy. Um, but somehow my dad had got me to see this guy he liked. And so I did it because I trusted my dad, but I didn't like this doctor. I didn't trust him. He was like a drug pusher. Ooh. But I had ended up with this prescription of Xanax. Uh, right? Yeah. And um, maybe at the time, if I'd have continued to take it properly, I would have been okay. Um, because it did help with the anxiety, right? Like, I'm, I'm, I've got this shitty job that I hate, but it was just something to pay the bills. So I didn't, you know what I mean? At this time, I yeah. wasn't face to be the guy I was before. Right. And so I'm doing my best to take care of the kids, but I'm kind of losing it. Yeah. I'm losing right. my, right? Like I needed, I don't know what the fuck I needed. It wasn't Xanax, but anyway, so the Xanax prescription was eight, one milligram tablets a day. Oh, wow. Whoa. Yeah. And Holy you know, about, that's like horse. Yeah. Um, um, I wasn't really in the beginning taking all that, but I, you know, I, I was still young. And of course, the alcohol was, I'm trying sure. to do my best, but I, I, I just, you know, self medicating. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And I'm just trying to be truthful with you. This is what happened to me. Yeah. Um, I had a really good buddy. I met this guy. He was a stereo installer at a Best Buy. Mm hmm. And he's one of the best human beings I've ever met. He's a black cat from Memphis, Tennessee. A um, little bit older than me. Such a beautiful human being. I love him to this day. Still talk to him, his wife, his family. He did help through some of that, too. He helped through part of what I'm going to tell you. Um, so we did. We were both. We fished. We were both into the motorcycles. By this time, I had built a huge shop on my property. Um, to do that kind of stuff, classic truck, you know, motorcycles. Um, so we, you know, there was people around and at one point we met this kid named LT. He was young, way younger than us. You know, I'm like 37 now and Daryl's probably, I think Daryl's 60. So we'll call Daryl 10 years older than me. Mm -hmm. um, so this kid LT is real responsible 26 year old owns his own home has a boat has motorcycles new car yeah. i mean he's really got his shit together right like yeah working um and daryl meets him first and he tells he's a kid right but he was he was cool we liked him you know we helped him with his bike and all this stuff but remember i'm not mentally straight i i i, I was really drinking heavy and of course that was getting mixed with the xanax mm -hmm. yeah Somehow he found out I had Xanax, and I guess that he it was he had liked it for a while, apparently, right? Okay, gotcha. at, at this at this point, I mean, yeah. I can tell you early in my life, I did a lot of dumb shit, but snorting Xanax was never something I ever thought of. Right. But where I I don't know how it happened. I know why it happened, right? Because yeah. you want to how shitty you feel because god dude i was falling apart i'm telling you i was yeah. falling apart and i was hanging on by the thread trying to make sure the kids weren't affected yeah um they were still young enough to not know you know what i mean but lev was to that age where towards the end she started to 
know something just wasn't right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I'm doing this dumb shit, and of course I, you know, like drinking beer, so I'm drinking beer with it, and got it. I'm so embarrassed telling this, but it's the truth. I own it. It made me who I am today. Yeah, and, and definitely no embarrassment at all needed because this is something that I almost never hear talked about in the cancer journey. And I think it's really important because I think it affects a lot more people than we think. And you're being open and honest about it because people don't just get a cancer diagnosis. They get a cancer diagnosis on top of everything else. Mm -hmm. And whether we had addiction issues prior, whether you never did and develop addiction issues, it's not talked about. And it's something that I think is very prevalent in, in these journeys. So yeah. I appreciate your honesty. Yeah. I mean, it was a trip, dude, because right. And where I grew up, everybody smoked some weed, you know, mm -hmm. it's not like it wasn't like it is today. Right. Like, I mean, you'd go to jail for weed, you know, it's right. like, Finally, they figured out how healthy it is, really. Um, yeah. But back then, you know, of course, and I'm teenage, and I was a dumbass teenager. Mm -hmm. So I, I, I went through all the things. I did some stupid shit. But by the time I moved to Oregon, it was, I mean, Oklahoma, it was, um, you know, focus. I mean, yeah. Yeah. career, school, family. You know, I went... I got a two-year degree while I was full-time employed with a baby, a wife, and a daughter. Right. Um, you know, making my house. You know what I mean? I mean, I, I was that focused. So in Oklahoma, the only behavior that was stupid was drinking. Sure. Mm -hmm. um, but at that age, it was like just the guys going after work in our yeah. pool stuff, right? It wasn't like sitting at home to a fifth every night, if that makes right. sense. Right. So LT comes along and he has a party and he hears that. I don't know if I told him or Daryl told him or whatever, because Daryl hated Daryl liked to drink like one day a week. It was his drinking day, but nothing else. Right. Ever. And so, I mean, because he had had a problem early in his life that got him in a lot of trouble and he, that was it for him. Yeah. So, um, and it's working so good that I don't feel pain. Sure. So sure. It, it didn't stop any time anytime soon, but um, what had happened was, you know, we're almost a year later here and crazy. I feel guilty about this too sometimes, but um, you know, Terry and I, Terry and I have known each other since we were freshmen in high school. Right. And I don't know if she's ever told you how we kind of like were introduced to each other, but she hit me in the face with a hockey puck. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds <During> like her Terry. <laughs> well, it was, a, it was the stupid PE teachers, you know, girls versus boys. And Terry, mm -hmm. telling you, Terry has never changed. She's softened. <laughs> She's never changed, right? So that, <laughs> And she felt bad because I was a really, really like shy like oh, yeah. I, like I was really timid at that time in my life. Right. Uh, so anyway, I, I didn't know much about MySpace or now we had this new thing, Facebook at this time. Right. So right. like, I like see her and I'm like, hey, that, that's Terry. Wow. She's beautiful. Right. Like she's still, cause I always thought she was, but right. Yeah. So I saw her, this picture of her in her scrubs. And one day I was like, 
I'm just going to ask her if she remembers me, right? And like, <laughs> so I did. And she, of course, of course, you know, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> so that's how we started, right? Yep. Our relationship um, was really it's this crazy friendship at first of video chats and, you know, watching movies um, via. Yeah. Because you, you were still in Oklahoma, right? Yeah, I, I still lived there, and she was out yeah. here. I remember um, she was nannying for us at the time, so she would yeah. be on she would be on video call. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I mean, yeah, Michaela was just a tiny a baby. baby. Yeah, when I came to meet Riley and I, with one night, um, Terry had her. Yeah, um, but anyway, I had learned this stupid behavior, and of course, you know, I'm not who shares that shit, right? Yeah. And so one night we're talking, watching a movie, and it, it's just Riley and I. And by this time, I'm starting to have some trouble with Liv. Mm. Because, I, again, I looked put together, and people didn't, people didn't know. So there was yeah. some females that had been around just a little bit. Not like, sure, yeah. Right? And... Um, which was looking back another thing that I can't take back that I wish I would have been mature enough to change. But um, I think part of that was the grief, the loneliness, the wanting companionship, all that stuff that you, right. You, you miss that, right. You lost, you've had someone by your side, you know, for 10 years and then all of a sudden there's nobody there. Right. I mean, of course your kids are, but that's different. Yeah. So I start talking to Terry and one night I had a seizure on camera. Oh, wow. So I walked into my bedroom. We were watching a movie, whatever on the, hang on. So I walked into my bedroom for something and on my way out, I felt myself starting to fall. And so I grabbed the wall, the hell, you know, I'm going back to the chair I was sitting in and I fell into the chair. And started to seize. Oh, oh my gosh. So here I've got a five-year-old. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And I got Terry on the camera and that's it. And there's nobody that like Riley doesn't know to dial 911 or whatever. No. Yeah. Oh my gosh. And Terry's doesn't know what the, what the F right. So yeah. um, apparently I'm a physically can, I can take a lot of pain. Let me just put it that way. Right. Um, apparently. And um, so that happens and I come back too and Terry's like screaming at me and Riley's crying. Oh no. And and I'm like I'm like scared because I don't know what the fuck happened. Right, right, yeah. So apparently, you know, I, I'm like foaming. Yeah. Oh yeah. Clean up and you know, Terry and I, you know, we, hey, I'll talk to you later, whatever. Or you make sure of course you know Terry. Make sure yeah. Got off, didn't really know what, what had happened. It was late, went to bed, got up the next day, dude, and my face was like swollen and purple. Oh, oh my gosh. And so I'm looking, going, and I, and for like a week, I couldn't, I was exhausted. Yeah. And I, right. and I, you know, and I had Riley there. So I'm trying to pay attention because I got a freaking five year old in there, but something just happened. And my, my, my face is just purple, dude. And I opened my mouth, my tongue. Oh no. Got caught in my teeth. Yeah. And, and especially on this side and it, uh-huh. it just 
clamped because you could dude I almost bet my tongue off it was you you could see it like I I was but my tongue was freaking swollen all this shit right so that happened right and I hadn't I finally realized what had happened so but of course at the time I didn't know that you don't just stop benzodiazepines like they're worse than stopping opiates just cold turkey yeah oh I stopped like Within a couple of weeks, I just, whatever in my head told me, you know, this shit has to go away. Something, this isn't right, whatever, this is much, right? So, some of this is so embarrassing. So, the behavior continues for a couple more weeks, right? And and again, it's because, dude, I felt no, I felt nothing and I liked it. Right, yeah. Um. So the behavior continued for a couple of, I, I don't know, I'm just calling it a couple of weeks. It could have been three weeks, a month, I don't remember. But um, I make the decision that screw this, dude. This isn't healthy for me. I'm not doing the right thing by my children. So I don't say shit and I stop. And um, by this time, Liv was having a real hard time and um, I had a friend. And she ran to this friend and she wouldn't come home. So now 12 year old that's pissed off and I'm all effed up, but I knew she was safe. Right. So I've got Riley and, um, I stop and I hadn't been heard or seen from. And my buddy Daryl that I mentioned. Mm -hmm. Thank you everyone for listening this week to part one of Sean's story. Be sure to listen next week on Tuesday as part two of Sean's story comes out. And we also can be found on all of your social media platforms at LTFC underscore podcast. And go ahead and email us anytime at podcast at weareyoursupport.com with any questions, any feedback. If you'd like to be spotlighted or have somebody you'd like to spotlight. Thank you, everybody. And we will see you next week. Thank Thank you for talking cancer. cancer.